to say that I approach today with awe and wonder only begins to express what's going through my heart right now. Calvary has been home to my family since its founding, and I'm grateful for the faith that's been handed down from generation to generation in this sacred space. It seems very fitting that I'm now serving on the clergy team of Holy Communion, another child of this parish. And it warms my heart to see so many of you here from different ages and stages of my life. You all mean the world to me. Thank you, Calvary, for inviting me to share my voice today in the pulpit that introduced me to preaching. The pulpit that delivered years of wisdom from the likes of Doug Bailey to Bill Kolb to Mimsy Jones. And the pulpit which allowed me to step boldly into preaching my first time as a junior in high school when I returned from Rosebud Reservation, where our youth group had spent a summer getting to know our Lakota brothers and sisters. And years later, where I was invited to preach my first sermon the Sunday after I was ordained. The difference is that this time I get to award myself with the best tomato aspic and homemade mayonnaise in the country, hands down, and I'm ready. The Lenten preaching series has been a major force in my spiritual journey. From Will Campbell, to Johnny Ray Youngblood, to Phyllis Tickle, to Barbara Brown Taylor, you can imagine that I'm quite accustomed to feeling as if I'm standing in the footstep of giants. But this takes it to a whole new level. This Lenten series, this place, and so many of you have all played a role in shepherding me along the way. So I'd like to begin with a passage about the Good Shepherd from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I grew up in Midtown Memphis. Raise your hand, you Midtown people. I see a lot of you from these blocks. Very good, very good. And like children in many other neighborhoods before the dawn of smartphones and home computers, and I'm going to even date myself here, before the Atari game systems hit our entertainment, I spent most afternoons outdoors. This was also before the explosion of organized sports and rigorous after-school schedules and before most leash laws as well. So for the most part, all children and pets had the run of the neighborhood. And surprisingly enough, we never lacked for entertainment or discovery. We had free range, that is, until dusk, when one began to hear the chorus of parents and dinner bells calling each of us home. 
For my seventh birthday, my parents took me to the Humane Society to pick out a dog. The dog that captured my heart was 30 pounds of white fluffiness, a perfect mix of just about every breed, and had a tail that looked like she had been drawn by Dr. Seuss himself. I remember going through a long list of names before settling on Magnolia, like the beautiful trees of our region, and calling her Maggie for short. I thought this was a wonderfully unique name that suited her just fine. Wonderfully unique, that is, until I encountered the dinnertime chorus with New Ears. It was then that I realized that in our two-block radius, there is not only my dog, Maggie, but a young child named Maggie and another dog named Aggie belonging to a Texas fan down the street. I thought to myself, how on earth am I going to be able to train my dog to come home when I call? If she's hearing all of these other calls that sound just the same. I decided to practice first inside our home and then in our backyard. My call went something like this. Here, Maggie, 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 Maggie. Here, girl. Maggie was not the most obedient dog, and neither was I the most rigorous trainer. But we slowly developed a system that worked. It was time to venture into the great outdoors. First, I practiced short periods during the day, a quick jog to my friend's house and back, and eventually I gained the courage to let her roam free one afternoon before dinner. As the sun began to set, I first heard the low voice of our neighbor crying out, Aggie! And I looked out nervously to see only Aggie running down the block. Next, I heard the mother's voice down the street calling her daughter Maggie in from playing in the front yard. Maggie, time for dinner. With a fair amount of whining and pouting, Maggie slowly stomped her way up the steps to her front porch. So I decided to let out my call. Here, Maggie, 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 here, girl. And to my great relief, a dart of white came running from the distance. You would think that between two Maggies and an Aggie, things would get quite confusing as the sun began to set. But surprisingly enough, they never did. No matter how similar in sound, each dog and child knew the voice of the one calling them home. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. We, too, know the voice of God calling each of us by name, the voice of the one who loves us and nurtures us and calls us home at the end of our days. 
It's the same voice who asked Abraham to count the stars and spoke to Joseph in his dreams. The great I Am who spoke to Moses from the burning bush and called Queen Esther to courage in her time and place. The one who asked Mary to carry the word to dwell among us in flesh and who announced Jesus as his beloved son as he went down to the river to pray. The one who called out to the fishermen to follow him. Who came down in flames to light the way for the apostles to go out to all the nations preaching the good news. God opens a gate for us and calls us into relationship so that we may have life and have it abundantly. But the voice of God is not the only voice we hear calling. Continuing in John, Jesus proclaims, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep to run and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. In other words, the hired hand does a great job until the going gets tough. Every day we're bombarded with voices promising us abundant life, promising us a place to belong, promising us that they care for us deeply and will help us live into our best lives. Might sound something like this. Work longer hours, increase productivity, bring in the big bucks so that you too can have control and power and happiness. As sadly revealed in recent news, buy your way into this elite college so that you will have all the tools you need for success and glory. Or, if you're like me, you might notice that your key ring now has more plastic tabs on it than actual keys. Or, your phone has more apps on it that have to do with where you shop or do business than the average number of phone calls you call in a day. Each one of them saying, shop with us, fly with us, stay with us, work out with us. You will be recognized as a priority customer, a preferred member, elite status. We'll help you sculpt your body into enviable shape. We will roll out the red carpet for you and we will greet you as family. Or maybe you find yourself engrossed in March Madness, having just been liberated from the football season. You notice that your closet has quite a bit of logoed apparel in it. And as you hear the fans cheering, be a part of our winning team. We will take you all the way to the championship. You will find yourself filled with spirit and celebrating with a family of fans and common bond as we fight our way to the top. And for a while, all of these promises hold true. Hold true, that is, until the market crashes, our company folds, or our health and family suffer from neglect. 
until the airline decides to move its hub, the grocery stores get bought and merged into one big chain, or our favorite yoga instructor gets injured and the class time changes, until our team star player gets traded away, until we have a bad season, or until we discover that even saints here on earth can go down with one bad call. The Good Shepherd warns us not to get confused. There is some good to be found in all of those voices. But the hired hand at first appears to be doing the whole job, appears to be dependable, at least until he sees the wolf coming. And that's when things get tricky. The solid ground beneath us begins to shake, and we get nervous. Temptations are many, and as somewhat flimsy promises start to fall short, we begin to question our sense of belonging, our sense of security, our sense of worth. It's in these moments that we find ourselves crying out from the dark valley. And that's when psalms can sing songs to our aching hearts. We're reminded in the words of Psalm 139 that it is God who searches us out and knows us, who formed our innermost parts and knit us together in our mother's womb. It is God who made each of us fearfully and wonderfully. It is God who will be with us even if we take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthermost limits of the sea. His hand shall guide us and hold us fast. We take solace in the steadfast love of God, the shepherd who does not run away when he sees the wolf, but instead lays down his life for his sheep. And we recite in our hearts the familiar words of Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Even when we hear God's call, we must still decide whether we're going to follow it or not. In the words of our hymn today, which I chose because the tune was written by former choir master and organist here at Calvary, John Hooker. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? God's voice transcends all of our houses of worship, all denominations, all faith traditions, and all the natural tendencies that we have to fall into the trap 
of thinking that we have the only ears that can hear. Quite the contrary. It's when we're in conversation and communion with each other that our ears are open to new and exciting ways to hear God's call. As our beloved friend John Kilzer would remind us over and over again, there is a hole in our hearts that only God can fill. So let him. Let God restore your soul. Deep down, we know God's voice over the din of all the other voices. It is God who breathes life into us, creates us in his image, and knows us even before we know ourselves. It is God who walks among us as a shepherd, who opens the gate for us, and who guides us so that we may have life and have it abundantly. It is God whose steadfast love knows no bounds, who sets a table before us, and who calls us home, each by name. Amen.